Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the second day of this beautiful Art of Ministry conference. Thank you for your love for us, that you will die for us, you will save us. On top of that, you will choose us and call us to serve you beautifully whilst we are here on earth in this dark world. It's a privilege and a blessing to be called. It's a privilege and a blessing to have this platform, this medium to encourage as many as possible about the fact that the best thing we can ever experience in our life is ministry. I pray that, Lord, revelation will be imparted. I pray that insight will come. I pray that understanding about you and about what you stand for and why you called us will also be made manifest. Let us experience you in a different way. Let us experience you in an abnormal way. Let us not live here the same as we came. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give Jesus a big hand clap. You may be seated. God bless you. It's good to have you here. If we say we're going to wait for everybody, it will be about 10 o'clock. And so we're starting. Um, yeah. I want to start with um, Macarius 51 to 100. Pastor Floyd, you're welcome. It's good to see you. Amen. Wonderful. I'm starting with the Macarius 51 to 100. Um, just 10 by air. It's very, very expensive. I think it's almost um, so much money to fly in 10 Macarioses from Los Angeles. Alright, but I wanted to have it here for the conference so that those who are interested will get the opportunity to get it. Um, mind you, we have Macarios 1 to 50. Okay. You have the 1 to 40. Alright. And I, I, the 1 to 60, I didn't really force to get some here. And so, you miss about 20 books. <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't mind, at least for now. You can get it on, um, on your tablet, on your, um, on your phone and all of that. Is that okay? But the 51 to 100 is here. And um, I will encourage you to get it. Some of you, you have, um, you have them on your tablet, especially if you are... Um, from the Good Shepherd Church. I'm sure you have it on your tablet, which you don't read anyway, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm sure that one day, God will touch your heart and you open some of the books. <laughs> but these are ministry-oriented books. Ministry-oriented books. Um, if you are interested in ministry, these are books you need. I said, if you are interested in ministry, these are books you need. And it's not a book to read and be excited about. I, I have, for, um, for the past 18 years, I have been distributing these books. Some at no cost, some at a cost. And um, I have not really experience people who have or ministers who have said that 
oh, this book has changed my ministry. I, I can assure you, we had about, about, we got about 500 of the um, Macarius 40, the first set. I think we shipped out 200 to the Caribbean, to the islands where we have our churches. And then we kept 300. And that is, that is finished, basically. Just about one or two that are open, and that's what we are actually selling as singles around, isn't it? So we have, I have actually, even, even if you look at it like that, I have distributed almost 200 Macarius. That's 40 by 200. Oh, that's 8,000 books in the Macarius 40. Before then, you had this single boost that I have been distributing since the time I came into the country in 2005. You cannot tell me that these books don't work. Oh, you can't tell me that. I, I know too much too, to, to know that these books work. And that I find it very unfortunate that many ministers in the country have not embraced the books. Daniel said, I understood by the books. Daniel, the guy who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the end time, the ages, the kingdoms, the Babylonian kingdom, the Medo-Patian kingdom, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, and all of that. He said he understood by books. Now somebody thinks that, oh, it's a man's ministry you are you are promoting. You, you, you are a child. Somebody says, oh, I, I read the Bible. But you don't understand. You, re- you see, you read the Bible, you should be on fire like Elijah. People talk and speak in a certain way to trivialize the use of things. It's, it's, it's very important to have a book or a material that helps you understand the Bible better. Because if you were, and that, that, that's why I, I spoke about anointing yesterday. And I was saying that, you see, many people think that God anoints people. You see, God, God, <laughs> God does not anoint people from, from heaven. I, I thought about anointing yesterday. Anointing comes from people who, who are here on earth. Some you may like, some you may not like. But if you love what is upon them, you have to humble yourself to take what is upon their life. God, God is not going to single you out and say, oh, you are my special child, so you are going to get a new and original anointing. That's the last anointing transfer we, we studied. A new and, 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 a new and um, a what? An original anointing is only seen in the life of Elijah. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, it started, and Elijah the Tishbite, that's it. He went to Ahab. That's a, we don't know where he came from. He was anointed by the time we heard of him. It's the only one like that. Anybody else, anointing was transferred. And somehow, mingling, company, association brings anointing. Just like Bible said, bad company corrupts good morals. Good company also provokes good things. Dr. Cho of Blessed Memory, Yonggi Cho said it. He said that any bamboo... But see, any, there's no bamboo that gives birth to small bamboo. No big bamboos don't give birth to small bamboos. Elephants don't give birth to rabbits. So just as 
we have friends and associates. You also can have somebody who's anointed you can associate with. And something will come upon you. But you see, when it comes to ministry, we are so unspiritual that we look at people from the, in the flesh. Paul said, we now know nobody after the flesh. Am I saying something? So you can say, oh, that's a woman. Oh, that's a man. That's a young boy. That's a black man. That's an Amerindian. Oh, that's an African. Like some people said, oh, he's an African. And so even if I have something good, they will not come around me because I'm an African. I remember one day a pastor called me to his office. I went to see him. He blasted me. He rebuked me. He said, you Africans think you know everything. You come to Guyana, you don't know protocol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised because he wanted to. He said, man, come, let me fellowship. The first thing he said was that I should come, he'll build bridges for me. I was shocked because I didn't blow up any Demerara Harbor Bridge. And I don't remember bombing or breaking anybody's bridge to their homes. So I was interested to meet him. When I went to meet him, he said, and that's, he, he blasted me by. Because I had organized a match for Jesus and then I, I didn't, according to him, I probably didn't do, I didn't come and see him. He didn't give me whatever, whatever. Some, some fancy thing that came up there. And so, these books, carry an anointing and these books are working manuals do you get it manuals in the sense that you have to look at the book and do what the book is saying that is why many ministers have not been blessed by the books i have distributed i'm, I'm telling you if the Macarius is eight thousand books i can tell you i have distributed about twenty thousand books in guyana over that 18 year period but i'm yet to see a pastor who says that charlie Thank you for the mega church. Thank you for loyalty and disloyalty. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Now, lately, we've seen some people who have embraced it. It's, it's beginning to work for them. And, and that is, that is the, the... Because there's 40 million of these books in circulation now. 40 million. I've not written a book before. But I pray that if I write a book, somebody will buy it and read it. <laughs> Until you get there, you know, we may not understand it. That you write a book and somebody, Pastor Clark, you are welcome. And somebody will write a book and then you buy it and say, wow. That the person has something so revelatory to share with you. It's not common. 40 million of these books are in print. We count them when we print them and when we circulate them. Amen. So I'm glad to introduce the Macarius 51 to 100 to you here in Guyana. It came yesterday. Yes, it came yesterday. <laughs> it's 50 books. If you are interested in ministry, get this book. I have realized that many people are not interested in real ministry. Oh yeah. It's just like a woman. Many women are not real. Many men are also not real either. Yeah. That's why yesterday I was saying that when one of my boys said he was interested in marriage and I asked him what is your capacity? Where is your capacity? Because to me he doesn't have capacity enough 
to marry. You are even in school. You have not finished school. Some animals are rising up in your body. And you say that you're thinking about marriage. No, you need to finish school. He's a joker. Thank you very much. You need a job. You need capacity. Do you understand? Now, many people are in the ministry and they don't have capacity. It's true. And, 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 and I said yesterday from the teachings that I was teaching that Jesus told Pilate when he said that, ah, are you not saying anything? I can crucify you or I can release you. John chapter 19. Then Jesus said, Mr. Pilate, you I pass me. You have that power because it was given to you. That is why me, the son of God and the king of kings, I am here as it were at your mercy. But I don't need your mercy. But Jesus made a very clear statement that me, I am standing here before you, Pilate. Right? Because it was given to you to have power over me. Then Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and told Jesus that we know that thou, uh, you cannot do these things that thou doest except God is with you. Then ask 10 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You see, you deduce from these scriptures that you must have something to be able to perform things. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, ask one, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. So you, you realize that to be able to do things in the kingdom of God, you, it must be given to you. <laughs> it must be given to you. If God does not give it to you, you can't do it. And so when somebody is able to do something, one of the greatest mark of that person is that God is with that person. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so if somebody has written 40 million books, written books, hundreds, and, and, and 40 million of them are in circulation, Charlie, there's something about it. If he has over what, 4,000 churches in 100, over 100 countries, there's something he has. There's something that he has. To have a church, you know, look at what we have here. This small thing we have here. It's one of well, thousands of churches he is a, a champion of. It's fantastic. And so, um, some of the books are Attempt Great Things for God. It's one of the, one of the books. Attempt Great Things for God. It was William Carey, a missionary to, the famous missionary to Burma, was the one who was obligations of Christians. He was, he was trying to um, encourage his denomination to send missionaries to support him. And in his speech, one of the lines was, attempt great, let us attempt great things for God. Let us expect great things from God. And so, uh, Bishop Daguard Mills um, got exposed to that, uh, that man, missionary, many years ago. And he loved him. He read his writings. 
and he was impressed by that title, that phrase. And so he wrote a book on attempt great things for God. How many want to attempt great things for God? I'm telling you, we are here attempting great things for God. To bring a church here in the back of number two canal, it is a great thing we are trying to attempt. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it may be a little easy if you are in Georgetown. I'm not sure because I pastored in Georgetown for about 13 years. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. And to come here, hey, you must have something. Yeah, 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 you must have something. People who achieve things in life, whether supernatural or, or natural, they have something. Yeah, people who are rich, there's, a re- there's something they have that has made them rich. Nobody just dash them money. Nobody becomes rich when you dash them money. There's nothing like that. People who are rich, they have an ability to generate money. And people who do miracles, who build churches, all kinds of things, they have the ability to generate that. There's something that God gives. You must understand that. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have a book here. It's called Ready at 20. If you are 20 years old, you should be ready to become a pastor. Yeah, you finish university, you go to university at 17 years old, you do a three-year course, you finish at 20 years old. You should be a pastor. Hardly do. We send our children to university and when they finish, we want them to be pastors. In fact, many, I've heard a few men of God who pride in the fact that my child wanted to be, be in the ministry, but I tell you, you should go to school. Peter, James, and John, they were ignorant and unlearned men. So ministry, in a sense, has become a place where people who are not so highly educated have occupied. Yeah, because the moment people go to university, the moment people are highly educated, they, don't, they, they can't lay their, their achievement aside and become ministers. But that is what we promote. And it's not been easy trying to promote that because when somebody takes the work of the ministry at the age of 20, he doesn't really understand a lot of things. Are you there? But at 20 years old, whilst people are going to be pilots, people are going to be lawyers, people are going to be army officers, whatever, somebody can also become a man of God at the age of 20. Come on, somebody. The book is right there, ready at 20. Oh, the anointing and the the presence. Those who honor you is here. Labor to be blessed. Labor not to be rich. Labor to be blessed is here. I don't want to open it because if I open it, it devalues. It depreciates when I open it. Labor not to be rich. Proverbs 23 and verse 4. Solomon says, labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. It means that many people work to be rich. And in Guyana, I've learned that money is a jumbi. <laughs> I learned it in Guyana. <laughs> like Iki. I never knew Iki in my life. I'm over 50 years old. Never knew Iki in my life. It's Guyana I came to know something called Iki. Hiki. Is it hiki or iki? Iki? H is hiki. How do you spell it? You don't know the spelling, but you know it. <laughs> In my generation, when I grew up, there was nothing like iki. I didn't know what it was. It's here I learned it. And there's something supernatural called iki. It's fantastic. Alright, so it's a cartoon, right? Uh, 
a temporary tattoo okay <laughs> you have here if you love the lord some of these books are, are, are products of camps all right i'm sure you understand that if you love the lord is here if you if you love the lord do you want to know what you do if you love the lord if you love me you take care of me isn't it if you love me you will take care of me uh-huh. if you love me would you hold my hand oh child please do whatever they love the love we we like love love songs are supernatural because god is love so no matter sometimes the song and who wrote it or who is singing it people are attracted to it yeah if it's lionel richie if it is whoever and they say love is ah you can't stop uh, listening to soul music because it t- talks about love and love is such a beautiful thing and it touches your soul but there's a book here that says if you love the lord if you love the lord do you know what you do if you love the lord you not only come to conference on, on, on a holiday. You come to conference when it's not a holiday. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then there's, there's more books. Not a novice is here as well. Not a novice. That's the name of the book. That's the name that I've adopted for my TV and radio uh, programs and uh, services. Not a novice is also here. The apostle wrote that if you are choosing a leader in the church, it shouldn't be a novice. Otherwise, you'll be lifted up in pride and he will, he will fall into the condemnation of the devil. Please make sure you get your copy. Welcome Macarius 51 to 100. <laughs> hey, it's not for you. <laughs> he say <saying> thank you. <laughs> so the art of ministry, I'm sure it's in that package, but this is, this is the, the book that uh, the conference title is about the art of ministry. Make sure you get your copy. We'll look at a few things in there um, at a point. Um, but we go to First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Pastor Samuel, welcome. I hope you slept well. First <laughs> uh, Corinthians chapter three. Are you there? Verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and the 10th verse. The Bible says that according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder. As a wise master master builder um, tonight we have two guest speakers alright, two guest speakers tonight yeah, the conference we try and you know, we try and um, invite you know, men of God around to come and you know, speak to us also last night Pastor Sean Sobes came here isn't it, Apostle he was here it was very powerful Tonight, um, Reverend Ivan Williams. Uh, I don't know how many of you know him. He's been around. He's been in ministry for over 35 years. 
Yeah, he used to be the pastor of West Ramveld Wesleyan Church. And he was the district director of Georgetown or something for also 10 years. He's going to be here tonight. Apostle Timothy King, my friend, also is going to be here tonight. So he'll be the first speaker. And then Reverend Williams will be the second speaker. All right, so um, I'll be with you from now till 6 o'clock. And then I will um, give away for the two speakers. The Bible says here that Paul is saying, Apostle Paul is saying that he um, was giving according to the grace of God which is given unto me. Here again we are seeing that he was giving something. And when people receive things, you must be licorice to also receive something from them. Because anointing transfers. That's what I said. I'm yet to see people who are being blessed by some of the things that we have. We don't claim, some people even accuse us that we claim we know it all. Nobody knows it all. Stop that nonsense. Nobody knows it all. But there's, people know things in, in parts and in portions. And if what we have is something that you're looking for, I will encourage you to really go for it. That's why we have these conferences to encourage ministers and ministries. But Apostle Paul says here again, that he was giving, there's a grace that he was giving. In another words, it's an anointing. He was giving an apostolic anointing, anointing to go around, plant, start churches, you know, uh, uh, um, raise leaders, all over, all over, all over. And he says that that grace was given to him to be a wise master builder. And the master builder, the Greek of the builder, is is, is the word a translated architecture. So he was given the grace to become a master architect. A master architect. A master architect. And I said that yesterday, I was saying that in Guyana, if you are an architect, people don't really respect you. Because Guyana is a very beautiful place. All of us know how to build. It's sand, cement, stone, steel. You just pull a line. You do so, 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 so. Foundation is done. And then you do a square, you divide it into two. And the rooms are here, and the hall is here, and behind is the kitchen and the toilet. You build a house. There's nothing like design and, oh, balcony and this and that, and light and ventilation and that. Everybody's doing what they feel is nice. So if you're an architect in Ghana, you'll be poor. Maybe until now that we have this uh, experts coming in, this foreign companies coming in, they will rather go for those type of people. Because if Exxon is building a, 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 a building, before you realize, they're even bringing the, the architect from America to do it. What works in Ghana is a draftsman. If you go to the city council, say the city council, um, city engineers, the city council, all the people, most of them are draftsmen. They're not architects. But they're the ones who draw your plan for you. And then send it for approval. Northing elevation, easting elevation, southern elevation. That's how. When we were trying to build this structure here, we had all the architectural drawings from the foundation to the electrical, uh, wiring, uh, roof, everything. I, I didn't know that that's not what we require here. So I went to the, uh, the council with it. They said, no, 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 no. We want the front picture, the back picture, and the side picture. That's our. I said, wow, that's very nice. They don't concern about 
how many how many what fire extinguishers how many entrances how many was the capacity how many exit they are not concerned about that they want the front elevation the side the, 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 the side elevation and the whatever that's it and so when you are giving the grace to be an architect you have to understand that it comes with the nitty-gritty of things the nitty-gritty the foundation the blocks that cement that the, even even concrete you see the, most of the things we do here the concrete concrete has to be uh, has to have a certain pressure And sometimes, when you hand mix, and many of our buildings are hand mixed buildings, manual labor, then you have the ransom, which also mixes, it seems to give you some form of, but then you have factory or industrialized concrete. That has the right pressure for the foundation of a, of a building. Architects and people who are into building technology and engineering, they can give you things. You even say, oh, this thing is too laborious. But it is important to do things right and to do it well. You have to build a building that can withstand pressure, rain, floods, and winds for ages. You see, even as much as the Apostle Paul was giving the grace to build churches, there's almost none of, it, of the churches he founded. There's almost none around. The Corinthian church, we don't know where it is. The church in Ephesus, the church in Galatia, all these churches, we, we don't know them. Meanwhile, he was given the grace as a master architect. So, we are saying that when it comes to ministry also, just like the Apostle is saying, you need to develop the skill, the art of ministry. If you are going to be a good minister, if you are going to be a successful minister, you need to develop the art. It's what? The art is, what did we define the art as? It's a skill acquired by experience, by or study, or observation. But you cannot be successful in ministry without the art, without the skill. It's not, give me the front picture, give me the back picture, and the side picture, and then you are in ministry. That is why I move on to talk about the pseudo ministry and the real ministry. That in the days of Moses, when God told Moses to build a tabernacle, he told him to make everything in the tabernacle with, with gold. Gold, gold, gold. Everything is gold, gold, gold. We human beings, we like gold. Small sand that is red or whatever. It's 100,000, 200,000, 500,000. Gold is expensive. Moses was told to use gold for all the vessels in the house of the Lord. So when Solomon had a chance to build the temple, he also overlaid a lot of things with gold. But then his, his son Rehoboam, in whose hands the kingdom was divided, he replaced when Shisha came to take all the gold vessels away. Rehoboam replaced the gold vessels with bronze artifacts and, and, and vessels. And bronze is very different from gold. I said bronze is very different from gold. Gold is gold. Bronze is bronze. If you put gold in fire, it purifies. If you put bronze in fire, it will change color. It will be very different. And so, by, by that act, Rehoboam was trying to introduce a fake or a counterfeit type of ministry. When apostles in Acts chapter 6 were confronted with the, 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 the duty of, 
of sorting out sharing of food rice and flour and this among the widows the apostles stood by and said you know what this thing is very it's a distraction we were we 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 are going to give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer and then let us select from among us people who are able who are qualified who are filled with the spirit to do this business of sharing food so you can be in ministry and be doing all kinds of things and you think that you are doing real ministry but it is not real and I told her by a, a, a pastor friend of mine who went to Suriname and went and came back and he came to show me a video of his ministration and how people were vomiting. People were rolling and vomiting and he was showing me and I realized that at a point I realized he didn't have a church. So all the things that he was trying to show me for me to be impressed, to invite him to come and preach in my church, I wasn't impressed. Because if you can't gather 10 people, I don't have anything to say with you when it comes to ministry. If you can't gather five people, you are not a minister. If you can't gather 20 people, you are not a minister. A minister, and that's why I think the, the first conference we had, I spoke about the fivefold ministry. And I think Apostle Sean said it last night, how everybody wants to be an apostle. And it's, it's very interesting because in Guyana, you only hear apostles and prophets. You never hear pastors and teachers. Even if you're a pastor, people don't even respect you. But a pastor is the one who's able to bring people together. And if you're going to lead a church, you need the ability to bring people together. So you see, many people are doing church, but they don't have the, the grace of pastors. That's why you don't have people. I don't think there's any church in our country that is 1,000 people. I, I stand to be corrected. You go to all the churches and count on a Sunday morning and say, you will not find 1,000 people sitting down. So where, what, what, where is the grace of a pastor? Apostle is fine. Because, because the Bible says first apostle. So everybody wants to be first. But if you see an apostle, apostle must have churches. If you look at it, you see, we, we, that's why real ministry is, is, you have to look into the Bible and, and, and look at real ministry. Don't look at the person in Georgetown, the person in the West Bank. Those people are not our models. People take apostles and they, don't, they can't even gather people. And in our country, I realize that many church leaders are weak. They can't command people. Because the, the, people, the people are rebellious. The ears hard. Yeah. So if you are going to be a leader, you, you have to be able to in course, control people. Many pastors in Ghana don't like that word. That's why you also don't have so many people. Pastor Clark, you have to be able to speak. Oh yes. I am not afraid of anybody in the church. You see, because I know that, Pastor Floyd, I know that I am not the one who's building the church. So, if I speak to you and you don't like it, I don't care because the one who's building the church will build this church. I, I don't need to be in your good side or your good side or your good books to, to have a church. Yeah. 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 There are many people here in the congregation from, from our church. They can tell you. I have not taken them to babies. I have taken them to Ghana. Do you know how much it costs to take people to Ghana? Pastor Sam and his dear wife, they were with me last year to the conference in Ghana. I think it was the last one we went. I was with Pastor Floyd Ben, who was here last night. And, and I, was, I was going to pick them up from their hotel. So I was trying to call him. And I called Pastor Floyd Morris. <laughs> and it was four hours ahead. Ghana is four hours since GMT. So I think it was about eight o'clock or something, and then it was about six. 
at 4 a.m. here. So when I called, the pastor Floyd answered. I said, ah. I said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this pastor Floyd, oh, I'm sorry. Said, oh, no, no, no problem. I said, I'm in Ghana, but please, you must come next year. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've taken people to Ghana. In one, one particular year, we sent 19 young people to Bible seminary in Ghana. It's 2,500 US dollars at least per person times 19. That year, I organized barbecue. I printed 12,000 tickets. That, I don't think there's any, ever be any barbecue like the barbecue we organized. 12,000 tickets. We went to Bounty in Timiri with our own counter. We had to actually go inside, put on caps and gloves, and be like bounty workers to process the chicken. Because the, because the order was too much. We took over bounty in garbage bags. The counter we brought was packed, not with barrels, but with chicken. The bounty people were asking, what really going on? Yeah. Out of the 12,000 tickets, we sold 8,000 tickets. 8,000 chicken pieces. You, you can imagine what, what it means to do a barbecue with 8,000 tickets. It was about one week period. We started a Thursday. By the next day, we were, we're still selling chicken. <laughs> Even, including raw chicken, we were selling some. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. 12,000, you got to be crazy to print 12,000 tickets for budget. You got to be crazy. You got to be crazy. And then you sell 8,000 tickets. People, you know, people I know, 100 tickets, 50 tickets, 200. And then you punish to send it out. We sold 8,000 tickets. And that's, that's how, Easter penitence, you, you couldn't drive three months, you couldn't come there. Oh, yeah. And I was, a, one of, I was the main person distributing the chicken. Oh! Black and white. Well, did I have a tie? I had a bow tie with a black pants. As a real caterer, I was a, a chef. Distributing chicken. That's how we were able to buy tickets for 19 young people to take them to Ghana. Yeah. At least 2,500 US dollars per person. So, if you are bringing people to conference. You have not done anything. <laughs> conference in, in, in canal number two. I took the people to Ghana. They went to live there for three years. You took care of their immigration, passport renewal, visa, uh, food, all the fights. Those who went there to be sexing people, all of that we took care of all of those problems. Those who came back pregnant, ah! Birthdays, everybody's birthday. We had a fund where they would make cake, and then they, among the people they would celebrate birthday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so 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 sometimes she said, so, "Oh, are you coming?" Say, "Oh yeah, I'll come. I, 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 I'll come with two people." So, okay, all right, no problem. It's okay. It's just, uh, you, you have to understand that people have things. That, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Because you can't do things if it's not given to you. And people have been giving things. And people who have things, if you line with them, you'll you, you get something. 
Uh, you get something. Uh, <laughs> you line with them, you get something. Calvin is a businessman. Yeah. You should line with him. If you want to make money in Guyana, you should line with this businessman here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he has victory secrets. Yeah. Everybody has something. Everybody has something. Yeah. I think I went to see Pastor Floyd a while ago. We had a nice fellowship. And then, it was then that I understood the Lord wanted me to go on TV. I went to see him and spoke about a few things. But then, leaving, that's when I started not to on TV. It was, it was my interaction with him. That's what he had sparked thing. You can ask him what I'm saying if he's not, if he's not connected to a TV. <laughs> so I, went, I just went to be with him just for a few minutes. And then my TV ministry started. Because he's linked to a TV. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And we've been on TV for over one year. I didn't get a dream of vision or no no no. I went to see him. I I I felt, you know, the Lord directed him to go and see him. I went to see him. Uh, then when I left, I left the TV ministry. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. Pastor Shane from Glorified Pleasance came here last year. He saw the he said, church growth is possible. He said, when he came here, that was it. His church now, his church now. Explosive church growth. There's something in the supernatural that when you come around somebody who has something, it, it, it drops on you. So when people don't like to go to places where you can have a certain but you see that they are not serious. Serious, yeah. Because some they spend millions to go to Ghana. They the, the bought their ticket very late, so they spent millions. <laughs> you come and see them in Ghana conference morning. So Pastor Sam can sit here if you look at it. He's the only pastor who comes in the morning until the night. He's the only pastor. Every pastor who comes here is not available all day. <laughs> not. From the, yeah, and he comes from Mahaika. And he has, he has people coming from Trafalgar in babies. Bella, is it Belladrum or Belladrum? Trafalgar, to, after Belladrum, Trafalgar. Yeah. He comes here, he sits from the morning till 10 p.m. when we close. You, you watch somebody like that. Many ministers can't do that. You see, but, but he saw it when we went to Ghana. Breakfast is 2 p.m., he said. <laughs> he said, and the, it was a little easier house because the, we, we lived on campus. So, I mean, you're not even going by, you're not going anywhere. But yet, yet, something has affected him that he can come here and sit down and listen to me preach all day. You see, you, you see it, you see it. All the pastors who come, all the conference, thank you for some. You see that they'll come uh, after lunch. You're gone. In the afternoon, beat out. By the time we are closing, it's finished. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, ability to sit down, to sit down, to sit down for hours. Many ministers, don't have, many ministers are very busy. They can't avail themselves for impartation. 
told you, I went with Pastor Fuller for just not, not, I don't know whether it was an hour. Not knowing that God was trying to give me something. He was trying to set me up. So I said, oh, who is Pastor Floyd? Me and go see nobody. Not a novice would not have been born. <laughs> I'm telling you the source of my TV ministry. That's what it is. It was just by a visit. We didn't talk about TV. He didn't tell me anything about TV. I didn't ask him anything about TV. But when I left, that was what I left his, 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 his house with. Why not? Let's try. Now, one, two, three, four, five, so it's ah, on Sunday morning, seven o'clock. Huh? It's working, crowd. Hallelujah. So, there is real ministry and there's pseudo ministry. And we must develop the skill of ministry. If you are going to, if, if you are going to have a congregation, please, if you are going to have a congregation, you need anointing. Oh. To have 20 people come and sit down and listen to you on a Sunday morning. You must have something that must give them the reason to cross the river, to go cross the, come to the east coast, come to the east bank. You must, something from you, about you, must impress them to come where you are at. It is called anointing. It is called anointing. It's called anointing. I spoke about anointing, how anointing transfers in eight ways. Terminated anointing transfer, if you remember. Now somebody dies and then anointing transfers. Living transfer anointing. Somebody's alive and yet the anointing is transferred while the person's alive. We went through all of that. It's in the book, The Mega Church. You can get that in the old Macarius. Or oh, I'm sure there are some single copies out there for you. And I think we went into um, the steps to the anointing, if you remember yesterday. And I only took time to go to step, just the one step, which is servanthood. And I said that sometimes in our country, people don't like to serve. Because people scorn servants. Yeah, people scorn servants. What's that? I told you how one day I was entering the church and uh, the boys, I had about two boys who were living in the church. So anytime they see me, they open the gate and I drive into the compound. It was fantastic when I drove in the compound. They opened the gate for me. Then the people in the neighborhood, East Lap anytime, they say, what? Ramota, come. That time it was President Ramota who was in power. They were mocking the guys. They were teasing them. They were saying that I is Ramota and they is security guard. Yeah, the skin people. But I was trying to tell the boys after everything that don't, don't worry them. Because even if you have a father who has a vehicle and you're a child, a boy in the house, you, 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 you will, how does your father come home and then you are upstairs on your computer playing games and your father has to open the gate himself. He drives in and he gets out of the car and then he comes to close it and you are in the room on your phone. Or you are praying. You are fasting and praying when your daddy comes. No, when daddy comes, everything stops. You go down, you open the door, you go out, you open the gate, daddy drives and you close the door after him. You wash daddy's car, you polish daddy's shoes, you press daddy's clothes. That's how a child, and people who don't have that, 
are the ones who scorn service. People who don't understand from the Bible that service is what attracts anointing upon your life, they scorn service. Many of the people in the Bible who receive anointing were servants. The disciples were servants. Elisha was a servant. Joshua was a servant. You see how they were elevated from their position of servants to great leaders. Joseph was also a servant. And so spiritually, it, it makes sense that we become servants. Yeah. You see, when you're looking for anointing, you don't care how old you are. My father in the ministry, Bishop Daggett Mills, um, one day he heard that the Archbishop um, Benson Idahosa, he was coming to Ghana. So he went to a church. He said he put on his black suit and his bishop's clerical shirt. Man of God. And he went to the program. And of course they knew him, so they put him on the front row. And he said, this is my opportunity to give this man of God an offering. So he went to that offering. He says, whilst Idahosa was preaching, he came to him and he used him as an example. He said, get up, kneel down. He said, oh. Hey. He roughed you up. I mean, in a big congregation and you know, his bishop died, got mills and big people out there. He said, come, get down. This is a rough him up. This is he said, he said, this is my offering. I'm not giving my offering. <laughs> he said, he feels so bad. He was so ashamed. Then right after the meeting, um, the Archbishop uh, Nicholas Duncan Williams said that Idahosa is going to visit three churches. His church, uh, one uh, uh, ladies' church, and then Lighthouse Chapel. So Bishop Duncan said, wow, I have another opportunity to give my offering because he didn't give it. <laughs> he said, they went all around the church and then finally they got to our church, Lighthouse, Collegono. Then, he said, he looked around, he said, wow, you do great things. You, you become big. You, do, you know, he was making positive statements and all of that. And after the whole round, he said, he asked him to kneel down again. And he asked for oil. And he said, he poured oil on his head. And then my father says that he felt like the oil was like fire. And he said, after that, he gave him the offering. Two weeks later, Idahosa died. <laughs> Two weeks later, he died. So he said that when people were calling around for donations, he told them that he has already given his donation. He gave it to the man when he was alive. Now he's dead. He doesn't know who he's going to give the donation to again. It's finished. Yeah, there's nobody. Donation for who? The man is dead. When you want anointing, you don't care how big you are. You humble yourself. He said it in his interactions with Dr. Cho, one day he said he wants to invite him to Ghana. He said no. So he shut him down like that. He said no. Wow. He said he felt so bad. And then he said, you know what? No problem. He started looking for people around him. To invite people around Dr. Joe. And he did that. One, two, three. He said after a few years, he was there one day, Dr. Joe said, next year we are coming to Ghana. He said, wow. 
And then they came. Dr. Cho brought his entourage. They had church growth conference in Ghana in very, very early days. If you want anointing, you have to understand that anointing. You have to understand what it does and what you need it for. If you are going to be gathering people, nobody is going to be coming and listen to you if you don't. It's, it's, it's not about shouting. I also realize that some pastors around, they like shouting. I mean, when anointing comes, you can move into some gear. I know. But shouting is not the same as anointing. People don't even hear you properly when you're shouting. Yeah. Speaking good English is not equal to anointing. Combining words to rhyme and sound like a poem is not the sign of anointing. Anointing is what you see on the ground. Practical. (laughs) Your ability is what you see. When it comes to making children, it's not about how nice you are, romantic you are. It's not how good it, it, the, 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 the child should be dead. So, Charlie, I have a child. No matter how you, do, the child is the result of your intimacy. No matter how nice your marriage is, no matter the wedding pictures you show, the dinner pictures you show, all them fancy things you show, my babes, oh babes, let us see children. Let us see that you can you can release spermatozoids. That you have the ability to release things into the world. That is what we look at. Is that, is that not what we look at? That's, that's, what we, that's why we have children. That's why if you don't have a child, sometimes people don't look at you in a very nice way. Because you don't have the capacity. That's why Hannah was troubled. Hannah was, I mean, pressed. Hannah was, I mean, because she didn't have a child. And so if you're going to be a minister who's going to gather people, we're going to put together, you're going to have a church. You're going to lead a church. You're going to be the pastor of a church. People to gather. Let me tell you, I started this church, we started in 2005 in, on Durban and High Street. There's a building there after Carnegie when you're heading east. It was called the Mildred Mansfield Youth Club. It was a small room I went to ask for. And that's where we started. This you see here, 18 years ago, that's where we started. Though that beginning be small. But it, it, something, you must have something. Then from there, we moved to St. John's College. Yeah. Your school. St. John's College. We used to move all the chairs. And we put our plastic chairs. And when we finish, we move all the plastic chairs. And we put back the chairs. We're there. Then one day, my father called me and said, if I find a building that is reasonable, I should let him know he'll buy it for me. I said, hey! Everyday newspaper for sale. Chronicle, Sunday Chronicle for sale. Those days, there, were no, there was no Facebook to the marketplace and those things. <laughs> 2006, no, 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 no. For sale. Starbrook, Starbrook didn't have any. One or two. Chronicle, Weekend Chronicle. Some of them is already sold, but it's still there for sale. What you call it? It's, 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 and I was, I was sent to East La Penis. I saw a building there. I, I, there was a building that I was going to look at in East La Penis. That's when I went. I said, man, me like them, them churches that you don't have parking. Because I, I have a different eye. My, my viewpoint is, is 
depending on where my, 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 my point of view. <laughs> so I said, no, I need a church where we can park. Nice compound. This, this has been a dream for many, many years. What you see here is something that I've had a dream like Abraham wanting a child. It's been in my heart for a long time. To have a place where you have a car park, you have this, that. It has been, when I came here, it has been my vision. It must be my dream. By the grace of God, we are, we are here. You get it? So went to East Lapiditans, we're there, and I pastored there for 13 years. We came here 2020 in the pandemic. We only had the shell. And we said, we, we don't want no six feet. We're coming back at the back. No police comes here. No human being comes here. This is where we like. And we, were, we survived here in 2020 for a while until they re, re, um, reduced the, uh, relaxed the restrictions. And then the other people went to their churches. And then those of us who wanted to start here, we started. And this is how far God has brought us. Ebenezer. That's far has God brought us. And so, I am just saying that to, to want to gather people, and it's not just, it is not just the head of the pastor. If you are an assistant pastor, you need anointing. Because it's not very easy to assist a man. Just as it's not, it's not very easy to look after a woman. To look after a child. So it is also not easy for an assistant pastor to have a pastor who he follows. That's why, as I'm taking extras from loyalty and disloyalty and putting it on Facebook, a pastor that I know will comment on the, 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 the traits of a disloyal assistant. He doesn't agree with some of the things I'm talking about. I, I don't mind at all, because I realize he doesn't have an assistant pastor. We say in Guyana, he who feels it knows it. You cannot be a good assistant pastor if you are not anointed. Because you are almost like the second best. How does it feel to be the second best? You preach only when he has traveled. (laughs) Or when he's sick. As long as he's alive and he's strong, you never preach. (laughs) Can you handle it? Or you you also believe that you're the man of God. And so, if if pastor preaches one Sunday, you should preach on a Sunday. And let's rotate. Some churches are like that. It's a confused church. Because when you give birth to a child, it's only one bobby the child drinks from. That's what I'm telling you. The, the sweet one. Eh? The neighbor doesn't offer her bobby to your child. The child is fed by one mother for as long as the mother has the Yes. So this church where I preach Sunday and you preach Sunday. I preach. What you create is that you create competition. The people, people are some, people are funny. Remember what they made Aaron do when Moses was on the mountain? They made Aaron, the high priest, create a golden calf for the, the pressure of the people. So the moment you open up for I'm not saying you are sitting on somebody. That's why I say you need a grace. You need an anointing to be an assistant. You can't have an assistant who wants to actually overtake or, or take your, your place. That's not a good assistant. And this is that's what you have. You have women who want to be men. Women who want to overtake their husbands. No matter whether your husband is slow or tortoise, you marry the man. So you should be slower. Did, did somebody hear what I said? No, no, I, I, I should say it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you marry the man, you say he's slow. 
And so you are the one who is in charge. No, you'll be slower. Otherwise, don't marry somebody who is slow. It's your choice. Don't now come and take your eye past men and manhood. The same thing with an assistant pastor. You, you have to be very comfortable in sitting down almost 365 days in a year, 52 weeks without wanting to mount the pulpit. All you do is that you introduce him very nicely and then you sit down and you, he preaches and you stand up and you shout, you embrace and, and you go for prayer and when he finishes you take the pulpit and then you tell the people, look, this is real preaching. Can you do that for 52 weeks in a year? Because if you don't do that and then you give yourself, oh, I think he's a great guy. Let him also preach whilst I'm preaching. You create competition. And people might, will easily prefer your assistant above you. If you realize he has taken half of the church and he's gone somewhere else to start his church. Change the name. Some of them, they don't even go far. They go just about a few blocks away. And then the name of their new church, it has your, your church name one out of, uh, and they add two other words. Yeah. yeah. Good shepherd to say, great shepherd church. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you with me? Yeah. So we spoke about anointing. I'm just recapping for those who didn't have the opportunity to be around yesterday. You need anointing to do anything. Yeah. You need anointing to be a wife. Yeah. You see, I went to a program. I was a main speaker. And the pastor was kind to allow pastors to come and say hello and all of that. And then I realized that one pastor, when they went on on stage, he um, he asked his wife to speak first. I think all of us, we like to do that. I don't know why, but we all like to do that. So wife started. Glory be to God. And I like Guyanese women when they speak. Oh, Jesus. Hey, you feel the anointing. Yeah. I, I like Prophetess Shondell for that. Oh, Jesus. My God. You'll be motivated. <laughs> when the wife finished speaking, the pastor to the microphone and said, my wife has said everything. God bless you. If you know your wife, don't give her the microphone when you go on stage. <laughs> Because you disgrace yourself. And if you are not the main speaker, don't let your wife speak when you go to bring greetings. You, it, 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 it's even lack of protocol. You make it too long. One person should speak on behalf of the couple. Don't let your wife preach a sermon. Then you also preach another convention or revival. No, no. You, there's a main speaker, so... You are just being introduced to just say hello. Sometimes you should even say, tell your host, man, Charlie, we good. All right, you good. Let them, let them means be. But some people, when they get the chance, Kaya Satapaka Branda Makatoro Mokebrene. Glory be to God. Ah, you lay hands. No, I, I, was, I was in a program like that. I, I finished preaching, and I think they invited a pastor to come and pray for. 
some leaders or something. Charlie, it was a whole anointing service. I was sitting down feeling very, very bad. So I have come, I've preached, I've finished altar call. If there was prayer, I'm the one who should pray for the people. Then he calls a friend to come and pray. Come and see. Shut up. Shut up. It's, it's, it's like the, the whole service has been annulled, disregarded by that coming to pray for it's, it's, ministry. You have to know how to do ministry. <laughs> it's anointing, it's a skill you acquire. Amen. So let us serve. Anointing also comes on people who serve don't scorn service if you have an anointed man over your life you should be happy to clean his shoes yeah those of you who have who came with your pastors you you have to serve them you have to fight to serve them because your pastor is anointed yeah forget about my anointing my anointing is for my people here your pastor is anointed for you. I'm anointed for my people. Your pastor is anointed for you. Pastor Shane is anointed for you. Pastor Floyd is anointed for you. Pastor Sam is anointed for you. Pastor Clark is no, I my anointing is not for you. You 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 I'm like a restaurant. You come and just eat and you go. Yeah, but my children, they are the ones who eat the food here all the time. Don't, don't, don't be distracted by who you should admire. It's just like a woman again. There are so many beautiful women around. Our wives are not the, the most beautiful women around. Please, stop that rough there. It's not true. Our wives are the most beautiful to us. But it doesn't mean that they are the most beautiful in the world. We say it, but it's not true. If your wife goes for Miss Guyana, Miss Guyana he can easily not, she can easily not win. <laughs> well, Kavis, you, you, you will not vote for her. <laughs> Amen. But there are, there are women, women around, who also look good, who are nice. If you don't take care, you will wonder, where was she when I was getting married? <laughs> ah, why did she appear now? But, but it's one. She's the one you choose, and then that's what you stay with. Do you understand? If you are very anointed, then you can have 700. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have power, that's why we have one. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's something else. Solomon in his glory, he has 1,000 of them. And we, we have one, we say we are glorious. Yeah. The, wisest the wisest man with glory. Jesus even spoke about Solomon's glory. He had 1,000 of them. When Solomon moves, there's no president like Solomon. 500 women and their servants and their vehicles are in front. He's in the middle, another 500, and their vehicles and their servants and their guards are more bearers behind him. When Solomon comes to your country, the whole country will come to a standstill. We, we, we can't handle those things. Hey, we are, we are okay with a small anointing upon our lives to just handle one. Stacy, amen. So this morning, we. I want us to look at the art of following. Matthew chapter 4. We are looking at the art of ministry. 
Ministry is an art. It's, it's, it's a skill you must develop. I spoke even yesterday about trial text. In, try, in, in trying to build, I discovered that trial text is, if you can put trial text on the wall, you don't need to go to school. Some people charge $10,000 for a bucket of trial text. Rav. $10,000 for a bucket. You know, the trial test alone is 13000 at National Hardware. Continental is twenty, And he, he charges 10000 to put the trial text on the wall. And that can take just about 30 minutes. 30 minutes, he can put one bucket on the wall. So if he's working for six hours, or he works 10 buckets a day, that's 120000 a day. You don't need to go to university. No, you don't need to go to TI. You don't need to go to Carnegie. You just have to follow. And those things, you follow somebody, you work with them, and you pick up the skill. Those who go to sit in a classroom and get degrees, they don't know nothing. That's why some people are striking because they went to school too much. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, those who went to school who are teaching now, look at how they, they are fighting. Are the carpenters fighting for race? The masons are they fighting for race? So you 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 it's skill. You have to know how to live your life in a country like Guyana. If you want to be a pilot, please don't live in Guyana. Go abroad. There are no planes for you here to fly. Even the small ones, it's not a one. <laughs> They fall out of the sky. I'm yet to go on one. The first time I took one to Bovista, I, I prayed all the way to the, 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 from Ogo to Bovista. One and a half hours. Hey, we're like in a tube. One seat on the left, one seat on the right. Hey, I prayed that. Because many years ago, I had some plane Transguyan or something fell in the interior they couldn't find it why should I sit in something that you cannot find when it comes out <laughs> so I, I'm supposed to go to Mabaruma they say the ferry is 24 hours when it goes they don't know when the ferry is coming back that's why I've not been to I've not been to Mabaruma yet Rudy says the plane is it's not a bad I plane goes with. I said Rudy you go with plane. I ain't going with no plane. <laughs> I want to be on land. So when I fall, at least it's not so high. I, I can get up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll do it one day. I'll put down all my psychological uh, things and then do it one day. The art of following, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16, 17, 18, somewhere there. If you want to develop the skill the art of ministry you need to develop what I call the art of following art of following you realize that a lot of things in the bible we throw away and we develop human things when it comes to church I never heard of new converse class in the bible that's what we all do in our churches. 
when Philip met the Ethiopian Enoch, the moment he, he, he encountered the truth, he said, there's water baptized. Now, we, we, we call it baptism class. Everything, everything has moved from, I mean, the practical way in the Bible to a human teach. It's like if you don't have a certificate, we, 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 are, we are connected to the world too much. It's in the world that they look for certificates. Because in the world, you need a certificate. You need to show your diploma. You need to show your degree. You need to show your application letter. All those things. But in the spirit realm, all you need is you are available. All that Jesus looked for in the disciples was they were available. He said, follow me. Matthew chapter 4. The people which sat in darkness, verse 15 rather. Maybe you can read from there. Galilee of the Gentiles, the land of Zebulon, 14. And Jesus went by there and see what? The next one. Start from where Jesus went by the Sea of Galilee, something like that. This is when John the Baptist was imprisoned. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two, two brethren. Um, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the, the sea for they were fishers and he said unto them follow me and I will make you fishers of men how was Jesus going to make the people into fishers was it by them attending a class attending a course attending a school the main, the main system of training is being a company or, or associating with somebody. We don't have time for that. How, how, how do we choose a woman to marry? If you, when you choose her, what is the process before you get to the altar? Does she bring a certificate of womanhood? Carnegie school certificate that she can bake parties is that, is that how you relate with them you fellowship with them to get to understand who they are and how they stay then you say yes now I am ready my brother here prince my son is my son not my brother he's been coming to church for years he was an usher. Now he's a big man, so he doesn't usher anymore. <laughs> His father of blessed memory, who was my friend, he one day came to me and said that he wants to get married. His wife is sitting somewhere at the back. I saw mommy. That's Prince's mother. His father came to see me after his children are big already. He said, You won't get married to your wife. It's your mother. So I said, no problem. And he said, it's me. It's, it's me. He want me to do the thing. I said, no problem. So I asked him, why are you marrying her now? Prince is a big boy. The last one is big. He's, he's, big. he's a big man. He's a pastor. Pastor, you, you don't know nothing, Guyana pastor. <laughs> oh, I, I miss him. I mean, he'll make you... When, 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 he, when I get him like this he can be there for one hour he will move he will talk I will laugh he will talk, will laugh, talk laugh. Oh. he said he has to 
try and prove and see whether she can make children for he not certificate and the woman has given him children to the extent that the last one is a big boy now he wants to marry the woman you, you, you make these choices not by certificates that is why it is very wrong to choose leaders based on where they work how much money they earn and how decent they look it's not spiritual bible says this peter james john andrew they were ignorant and unlearned men there are people jesus picked and jesus didn't take them to university now you go to bible school you have masters of divinity but you don't believe in the trinity <laughs> you you'd rather become more carnal when you go to bible school yeah you study too many human things because the people who are teaching you in the bible school, they are they don't have the anointing they are not spirit filled they are using head knowledge and the letter the bible says the letter killeth is the spirit that giveth life and when it comes to church, you need life, not letter. So when God himself came down here on earth and he wanted to train people, he didn't enroll them in a school. He said, walk with me. How come you want to learn ministry and when your pastor is going somewhere, you don't want to go with him? You are busy. You're a joker. I said, if you're busy, you're a joker. Your pastor is going to a conference. He's going to a program. Even if he's the one who's preaching, you are not interested, you are not going? How are you going to, how are you going to be able to do well in ministry under him if you are not going to go everywhere with him? I was preaching seven nights in our church in Stanley Town, babies. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I drove there every night. Every evening, there was somebody, a group, who would come from town to come and be with us there. Every day. The last Sunday, the last night, Sunday night, I didn't even like it. Because the church was packed with all the people I know from Georgetown. <laughs> In fact, the, the I told the church in babies that I'll pray for them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, I didn't feel like praying. Saturday, I saw enough people from Georgetown. I said, me praying for nobody today. Because I end up praying for the people that I've been praying for on this side for years. But you should come and see. It's like the people in the area were, were surprised. They were shocked. It's like, well, what's happening here? Is there a crusade? People drove. I didn't invite anybody. I, I just put a banner up. I said, I'm visiting my, 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 my church there. I, I stand in the ministry. I'm going to preach there. People saw the banner and they came after me. If you want to really become something in ministry, you have to be around the person who is your leader, the person, your pastor. You have to be around him. This is why wives are not assistant pastors. This is why 
wives. All of you who have wives as a stamp assist, you should analyze it. I, I can easily tell you that when you go home, it's KFC, you go home and eat. I'm saying that if you're going to use the art of following as an art of ministry, a wife cannot be your assistant. Who takes care of the children? Who takes care of the home? It's not even a little too much when everywhere I go, you are following me as a wife. It's not too... It's, it's, it's too much. Let me go. I want to come back home and say, Oh, pumpkin! Put you, put you, put you, put you, put you. I miss you, Bobby. Mom, mom, mom. Come, come, let me take a quickie, quickie, come on. Quickie with hickey. He's <laughs> lying too much with Calvin. <laughs> He said Joshua has distanced himself. He doesn't want any problem. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? That's why if you, if you do a little bit of research into Jesus and the disciples, you discover how Peter didn't really like Mary Magdalene. He didn't like her at all. Because she was always around. She was, she, was, she was always she always when women were not supposed to be I recommend a series on Netflix uh, to you Maria Magdalena it's not a bible but it, 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 I mean I think the, the writer tries to show who Mary Magdalene was yeah, yeah, yeah it's about what 50 episodes something 60 episodes it's long pa. but when you start you will not pray. You will not read your Bible. You watch her. <laughs> you will not do your quiet time. Because if your wife is going to be a real assistant to you, she has to follow you everywhere and learn ministry. And I think it's a very difficult task. Because the wife is the keeper of the home. She's a helper. of the, Your wife is not a ministry helper. Some wives can add that to their domestic responsibilities. You see, you can accept it or take it. You, you discover it one day that what I said was true. When, when I, I, am, I am freer to do ministry when my wife is not around. Because the women sometimes they have the ability of telling you, You see, you love your wife, so you don't want to make her feel bad. So he said, "My babes, we going just now, man. We going just now." In your head, as a real man, you know that you wanted to stay a little longer. But Eve, one day, a pastor and his wife came to 
see me in my office. And um, you're asking, oh, so how? This is asking a few questions. And I was telling them that. Me, I, 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 like this conference, I've been sleeping here since I, I, I don't go home. I have to go to my sleep by herself. I'm working. I don't, do you go to work with your wife? I'm employed by the church. She's not employed by the church. We don't need extra people to employ. You don't have the budget for that. <laughs> so I'm the only employee of the church. And so where and the, the privileges I have and where I go, she can't. Because if I work at a GRA, I can't take her to work. You see, it's in the church that we are so loosed. We, everything we use certificate. Then most of the things, our wives are inside when they don't have to be inside. It's a husband and a wife church uh, in uh, uh, what? International. I'm not, I'm not against wives. I've been married for almost 30 years. I'm not. But we, we should look into that. That is why we don't do well in, in ministry. We don't look at the Bible and do the same things. We don't follow. It's when you follow, you see things, you will copy, and the copying will make you become something different. Many people see things, they can't bring it. Let me tell you something. They, they gave us Joby Bed Road and they gave us Heroes Highway. Who are the heroes? Don't people go to war and when they come back, we say they are heroes. You die from a helicopter crash, we call you a hero. Hero my foot. They've sacrificed people's lives and they call them heroes. How does a helicopter come down? The, the, the thing that we are stupid people here in this country, that we don't know the definition of a hero. They just put a signboard uh, around a uh, Jaguar roundabout, you say, Heroes Highway. Is that a highway? Drive on it and see how, how it's not a highway. A highway that you have to stop. Police is standing on a highway stopping you to, for somebody to cross. Is that a highway? When you go to America, is that, do you even see people around? When I use the road and I realize that I have to stop, look left, look right, I said, this, this is nonsense. When I'm joining the road, I realize I have to watch before I, I join. I said, this is rubbish. When I drive in Europe, when I drive in America, I don't, all I have to do is that I have to go with the flow by the time that I'm getting to the road, I have to just look into my side mirror and see that there's space to connect and I connect. I don't have to stop and watch. What kind of road is that? Now you see, the people think we're stupid. They give us road where there was no road. So they even done something great for us. That is, that is how we live our lives and we also do ministry. The, the pseudoness. The, the counterfeit, the not real things, we walk with them, we brush it up, we celebrate it, and then we are okay. What is the meaning of, what is, what is the definition of a hero? Who is a hero? Kofi is a hero. Why? Because he fought for the freedom. He fought. He didn't, he didn't commit suicide. He fought. <laughs> now you see somebody who, I mean, high level official, that season God told me that I, I, we should pray because the devil is trying to take men out of the system. And when you see the ranks, you see, you see high level officers. You see that it cannot be an accident. They were sacrificed. Trust me, I'm telling you. And they put the sign, but it's a hero's highway so that you keep quiet. All of us are not blind. You can fool some of the people some of the time. 
So that, that has also made us come into ministry with those, you know, mixed, half-half kind of thing. And that's why I'm, I'm talking about assistant, even like a wife. If your wife is your assistant, it's a, it's a very difficult thing. If you look at what we do, wife now, well, you look at it very carefully. I think that a real wife is a housewife. That's my personal opinion. The life of women have become more complicated when they started having careers, going to school, and going to sit down there from nine to five. Is it, can you can can you uh, take out the meat from the fridge for, for it to towel? I come in just now. You put, can you put on the rice? I come. In. Who should put on the rice? I will sit down right here. You come and put on the rice. Now you see, <laughs> things have changed because you, big man, you don't you dip for nothing. You bring no money home. You, you, and so you got to put on the rice once I'm working. <laughs> we have made women's life very, very difficult. They have to make children. Then three months later, they have to report to work and shout at the office. Maternity leave, that is not enough. Yeah. And then you have a husband who every night wants something. <laughs> Always touching you. You wondering whether it's a thief or a bandit. <laughs> he doesn't even take a broom and sweep. He always like eat, but he doesn't want to help in the kitchen. It's, it's, it's a lot. But that is human wisdom. And that is what has ended up where we are. The woman wants to go to school. Many women of today will never sit down at home and be a housewife. Never. I think the best wife is a housewife. Is he? You can go home for lunch. And when you go home for lunch, it provokes things. <laughs> this uh, walk down the street and buy from uh, Compton and those things, it doesn't work home. Yeah, it doesn't fool you. Yeah. When you come, the house is cleaned. The waste are washed. Go for lunch, three hours. Ivorians is a country that... Uh, Francophone Africa, they go for lunch for three hours. Yeah, so it's just that like the Spanish and Italian and these uh, Portuguese, they go for lunch at 12, they go back to work at three. Because they, they, they drink, they, their lunches come with wine. Those people are wine people. Christians, non Christians, it's wine. They do lunch, nice rice, whatever. And the next thing, I worked there before. When I go, I tell them I'm a Christian. And I see that Christians are drinking. I say, hey. <laughs> What kind of African Christian is this? <laughs> we say we are Christians, we don't drink alcohol. They are Christians and they eat with wine. That's their culture. We when we say we are drinking, we drink high wine. <laughs> Rum. <laughs> Bokman. <laughs> what a shot. For them it's medicinal. It aids digestion. Even alcohol. Alcohol has become so wrong and so bad. But 
in the Bible, they used to drink wine. Humanity has introduced elements into life. And it has seeped into ministry. That if you don't have a doctorate, you see, when somebody comes and says, I have a doctorate in, in theology, he's respected. But he can't gather people. He can't cast out the devil. He can't do anything. He, all he has is certificate. So you have to ask yourself, if you are going to do well in ministry, is it by certificate or is it by follow me? And I, when you follow me, the following will change you from someone who is fishing, you just throw a net and they come, to somebody who can organize people together. And God called us to bring people together. God called us to organize people together. That our rooms will be filled. Our halls will be filled with people. And that comes by following somebody who is ahead of you. And there are people, you see, I'm telling you, all of us are not the same. All of us are not the same. One day I met a guy, he's called Dalgetty. Tom Dalgetty. <laughs> Raphael has a letter. I laugh at him when they send him a letter. Many years ago I met him. He said he celebrates something called Accra Day. Accra is the capital city of Ghana. So when he met me and I said I was from Ghana, he said, they celebrate Accra Day. He wants me to come. I followed him. We went to Nigeria. He was his mother's home in Sobrianville. Went to meet a set of OOO black people, Africanized black people. I said, hey, have I come and visited my ancestors or what? <laughs> we were there. Had some nice, you know, gaff and little eating here and there. Then he, I left. Then he said, I should meet him at Allen, Allen Secondary School. It was on Regent Street to come and teach the people chi. My local dialect. I said, why not? So I went. And I started, ah, I tried to teach them ABCD in chi. In Ashanti language. I said, ah, that's the alphabet in my do you know the alphabet in Crowley's? You know the alphabet in Crowley's? <laughs> Pastor Joshua. <laughs> Pastor Joshua. <laughs> Crowley's alphabet. <laughs> then he'll call me and I'll go and teach. She. When I ask myself, by who are you really upon? <laughs> you came here to teach African language or you came here to do ministry? Then lo and behold, emancipation appears, approaches. He said they are meeting 31st July at the parliament office and they'll go to the sea well to pour libation. So I should come and pray. I said, me, today I divorced Tom Dalgetty from my life. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, divorced him. Divorced him. I don't know where Reverend Ralph met these people. They sent him a letter. They sent him a letter <laughs> to, come, to come to Accra Day. <laughs> He sent a letter to me. I said, Congratulations. <laughs> I know Accra Day. <laughs> me want hear nothing about Accra Day. You should take the Accra. It's okay. Go to pour libation at the seawall. I should come and pray. Do you know what it means? You're going to pour libation at the seawall. You're going to call up demons and ancestors to come out from the sea. Is that what you want me to come and pray? And then you do that? Well, why do you want me to come and pray? I divorced from that girl up to today. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. 
after following. <laughs> Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Verse 29, we don't actually look at it. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. Not read a book and get a degree. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your soul. I learned a few years ago that the Israelites, they were farmers. So they would have donkeys, they have asses, they have these things. And if they were plowing the land, they didn't have tractors. They would have yoke of oxen to plow the land. That's how the apostle even said, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Because when you talk about yoke, Anointing breaks the yoke. Israelites and Jews, Hebrews understand yokes better than us. Because a yoke is, when you have a yoke of oxen, that is two oxes connected by a wooden uh, uh, device. So one uh, 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 ox's head is inside here. Another ox, it has a compartment with his head. And there's almost like a cover. So they are yoked together by that wooden uh, substance so wherever one ox wants to go the other doesn't have a choice he goes that way that's a yoke now the Jews would normally when they have this yoke of oxen they will always combine an older ox with a younger ox because the older ox has learned by experience to plow the land. The younger ox doesn't know. But because of his energy and his life, he needs to come in when these, these guys are almost retiring. So they come and then they work them in by the yoke. So as the old is continuing his habit and his pattern, the younger ox also goes through the same pattern and then picks up how to plow a land. That's why Jesus said, you learn of me. Take my yoke and learn of me. If you be, take that thing, you put it on me and you put it on you. Wherever I go, you go. Wherever I stay, you stay. And by that, you will learn to be like me. It is following that gives you the key to ministry. And that is why the Bible will say that do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Second Corinthians. Because if you are a Christian and, and many, many Christian sisters disappoint us in this way. Many, many Christian sisters, they stay in the church. They see that their type is not in the church. They see this guy with this new BMW tinted alloy wheels, boom, boom speakers. If the guy doesn't go to church, but he's so you see the way he said, say, Pastor, when he calls me, my heart skips a beat. He said, Baby. What? <laughs> Where you going, baby? 
So I can feel the echo in his voice in my heart. Pastor, please tell me, is this not love? Is this not love? <laughs> that I'm feeling? Be not yoked with unbelievers. It is unequal because it is light and darkness yoked together. It means that if your husband is not a believer, you have to go to the club with him if you're going to be a good wife. You got to go to the seawall and lime. Take a little Guinness. There was a young lady who was, who, uh, was courting somebody in our church. And um, as they were courting, the, she realized that the guy smokes weed. <laughs> By the pound. <laughs> So, 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 so when, they, when they go out, um, he will light up his weed. And as they are seated. <laughs> and then she said, mm, I'm a Christian. I can't take this weed thing here. So that was the basis of the breakup. Because she realized that the guy, the yoke is going to be an unequal one. Two cannot work together except they agree. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. And so it is the yoking that transfers habits and, and, and spirits and, and all of that. 